You're listening to Forecast, the marketing podcast for professional services leaders. If you're looking to generate more leads, win more deals, and take your firm to the next level, this show is your shortcut. Hey there, and welcome back to the show. This week on Forecast, we're looking at the process of creating a value proposition for your professional services firm. This is really one of the most powerful exercises that you can go through for your business. Because when you need to put your entire reason for your firm's existence into a single sentence, it creates this razor sharp focus. When you have one sentence to explain what you do, who you do it for and why you do it, you can't help but cut the fat. You have to zero in on what really matters. And this is why I always recommend that value proposition design happens in the very early stages of your marketing planning process. Before you get into the details, before you get into the weeds, when you design a value proposition that's really, really clear and really focused, it clarifies the critical elements of your marketing strategy. And specifically, it clarifies four things. One is who you serve. Your value proposition has to tell people who you serve, who you're creating value for, so that when they hear it, they'll know that it's for them. The second is what you do. Your value proposition has to tell people what you do, how you create value for them, what your capability is, what your expertise is, in a way that represents benefit to the client. Third is why you do it. It has to tell people why this is important why it matters, why they should care, how it fits into their goals, how what you do is going to further their interests. And the fourth thing your value proposition has to communicate is why you? What's unique about you? Why your firm above and beyond everybody else? And it has to do all of that in just one or at most a few simple sentences. That is no small task, but you're in the right place. I'm gonna help you do that over the course of the next three lessons. Before we get into it, if you haven't yet joined us inside our free course on the five P's of lead generation for professional services firms, you're going to want to check that out over at 5leadgen.com. That's 5leadgen.com. And you can spell out five or use the number. Either one works. So the mistake that people make when they begin thinking about value propositions is they take out a sheet of paper or they open up a document on their computer and they just start writing random things down. They just start writing down whatever happens to come to mind, hoping that a value proposition will somehow emerge out of thin air. But of course, that rarely pans out. To make your life easier and to increase your chances of success, I recommend using a proven template or structure for your value proposition. And over the next few lessons, I'm gonna introduce you to one such template that I found particularly useful. It's called the Value Proposition Canvas. And if that sounds kind of familiar, it's developed by the same folks who created the Business Model Canvas, which we've discussed earlier on in the show. The Value Proposition Canvas has two sides to it. And if you wanna follow along, you can grab a link to a PDF of the canvas in the show notes for this episode at forecast.fm slash 34. The right side of the value proposition canvas and the first step in the process is called the customer profile. This is where you'll document everything that you understand about your customer, everything you know about your customer. And the left side of the canvas, which is the second step, is where the value proposition is designed. This is where you articulate the value that you can create for your customer. 
So what you want to do before you start putting pen to paper and actually writing out a value proposition statement, you want to fill out this canvas. You want to start with the customer profile side and jot down everything that you understand about your customer in the sections provided, and we're going to go through that now. And then you want to jot down the value that you create according to the structure provided in the canvas. And then once you have all of that on paper and it's clear and you've refined it and you've thought about it, you've done a lot of brainstorming and you're confident with your answers, that's when you want to then start writing your value proposition. Now, the reason you want to separate this into two different stages is because the process of designing a value proposition and the process of writing a value proposition are two very different processes. When you're designing a value proposition, you're thinking strategically. You're thinking about strategy. You're thinking about what your customer wants, needs, and is looking for, and you're thinking about how your services, your solutions, your products can help deliver that value. That is a strategic exercise, and you want to make sure you have your strategy down clear before you get to the creative part of the exercise, which is the writing. And this is why if you jump directly into the writing process, you're bound to fail because you haven't gotten that clarity on the strategy. Now, for the remainder of this lesson, we're going to talk about the right side of the value proposition canvas, which is the customer profile side. Then in the following two lessons, we'll cover the design side of the canvas. And then finally, we'll talk about how to turn all of this into a single statement that you can actually use. So let's dive into the customer profile. Now, we've already talked quite a bit about the importance of drilling your target market down to a specific customer segment that you can serve. And we've gone through some of the criteria that you want to use to determine who your customer segment is and who your ideal client is within that customer segment. But this exercise here in the value proposition canvas takes things to another level altogether. See, our previous discussion was a little bit high level because at that stage, the focus was on choosing the right customer segment from all of your options. For example, let's say you are an architectural firm who could target three different customer segments within your target market. There's luxury condo developers, there's shopping mall developers, and then there's hospitals. And you as an architectural firm could serve all three customer segments should you choose to. And then let's say that you decided that luxury condo developers were your ideal customer segment. That's your ideal client profile. That's the work that you decided was the best fit for your firm. And that's the work that you want to target aggressively. Now, when it comes down to crafting and designing a value proposition, we need to get way more specific than that. We need to actually identify the person within the buyer's organization who will make the buying decision, or at least the person who will lead us to that decision maker and craft a specific value proposition for them. Now, this is an important point. The value proposition is not necessarily for the entire client organization. It should be for the specific buyer within the organization that you're targeting. And there's a big difference there. Because when you try to speak to the entire organization, your value proposition will end up being vague and generic because you won't be able to tailor your message to the different people within the organization and their specific needs. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't have a value proposition for the entire organization. It just means that to be able to speak directly to the different buyers, and remember, in any B2B sale, there's always multiple buyers. It's never just one person. 
So to be able to adequately address the needs of each individual buyer, you need to have a specific value proposition for each of them. Then you can roll all of those up into one value prop for the buyer's organization. So continuing with our example, let's say that your buyer is the vice president of condo developments at a large real estate development firm. Let's call him Ed and let's call the company BuildCo. And of course, I am making up that role entirely. I'm not sure if that exists, but work with me here. So Ed at BuildCo is responsible for managing all of the condo projects at his firm. Once his firm has commissioned a project, he does everything from A to Z. Rather, his team does everything from A to Z and he supervises. So that's everything from choosing projects, evaluating the market, studying the demographics, choosing designs, reviewing designs, picking an architectural firm, picking consultants, building the team internally, and then seeing the project through to completion. Now, to design a value proposition in the customer profile section of the canvas, we need to understand three things about Ed. The first is, what are Ed's high value jobs? What are the things that Ed does on a day-to-day, -day, maybe week-to-week -week basis that creates value for his organization? Put yourself in Ed's shoes and think about what it's like to be in his role. Think about the roles and responsibilities that he plays on a regular basis. And a useful way to do this is through a day in the life exercise where you describe what a typical day is like for Ed and extract customer jobs from there. But the key here is to focus on the highest value customer jobs. What are the things that Ed has to do that really create value for his organization, the things that make him look good, or if he screws them up, make him look really, really bad. So for Ed, let's say that we identified three high value customer jobs. The first is choosing the right projects to work on. You know, condo developments are hit and miss, right? Some can be very successful and some can be colossal failures. So Ed's job is to make sure that they're picking the right projects to work on that stack this, the odds of success in their favor. Secondly, Ed's job is to assemble the right team, right? He's not going to build this building by himself. He needs to build the right team of people to work with him. And that includes the internal team and also the consultants and other firms who are going to work on the project. And thirdly, one of Ed's really important high value jobs is coming in under budget. In the end, every job has a price tag and it doesn't matter how successful the development is. Otherwise, if it's over budget and that eats into the firm's returns, Ed's in trouble. So now that we know what Ed's high value customer jobs are, the second thing we want to look at is the gains that Ed's looking for. Gains are the desired outcomes that Ed wants to see while completing his jobs. And a good way to come up with gains is to think through what happens before, during, and after Ed completes his jobs, and to think about what benefits or outcomes he would want to see at each stage of the process. For example, let's look at the job of choosing the right condo development projects. This is what could make or break a development. An ill-conceived development will almost always fail, no matter how good the execution is, but a strong concept for a condo development can still succeed even if the execution is average or even slightly below average. So in choosing the right projects, some of the gains that Ed might be looking for include you know, receiving proposals from many different vendors to choose from, which makes Ed feel like he has some really good options on the table. 
There's also receiving strong proposals, high value proposals that have some really, really strong design concepts that'll give Ed the confidence that his project has a chance to succeed. There's also receiving praise from his superiors on selecting the right project, selecting the right design concept, and selecting the right vendors to execute the project. So those are a few examples of gains that Ed might be looking for, and of course, there could be many more. Now, the third thing that we want to understand about Ed's role is the flip side of gains. It's the pains that Ed wants to avoid while executing his job. So pains might include things like dealing with vendors who don't follow instructions when submitting proposals or dealing with vendors whose designs don't meet the development requirements or reviewing design concepts that lack character, that lack something unique, that lack, you know, positioning that'll be attractive to the target market for that development. And again, you want to make a long list of gains and pains here. They're not all going to be equal, but you want to brainstorm a long list so that eventually you can then refine that list down to the core few gains and pains that you know Ed is looking for on the gain side and looking to avoid on the pain side. Now, if you're a condo developer or you're an architectural firm, I apologize, you're probably cringing at my examples. They're overly simplified and they might be entirely missing the mark, but for the rest of us, hopefully it's sufficient for illustrative purposes. So those are the three things that you wanna include in your customer profile. Once you've defined your customer segment, once you know who your ideal client is, then you wanna identify the buyer within the organization that you need to speak to. And there's probably more than one. We've talked about Ed here. Ed is one buyer within the real estate development firm, but there are probably other buyers that we wanna target as well. And we need to create a value proposition for each of them, which begins by creating a customer profile for each of them which includes the customer jobs, and to focus on the high value customer jobs, it includes the gains that the buyer is looking for and the pains they want to avoid when executing their customer jobs. Now with all of this raw data, you'll now have everything that you need to begin to design a value proposition for your customer. And we're gonna get into that coming up in the next lesson. If you wanna grab the show notes for this lesson, including a link to a PDF of the value proposition canvas that you can print out and use to go through this process, head over to forecast.fm slash 34. And last but not least, if you haven't yet subscribed to the show on iTunes, do us both a favor, head over to iTunes, type in forecast marketing, look for the show there. You'll see our fancy new blue podcast icon, Click on the show and hit subscribe. And while you're at it, leave us a rating and a review because it helps more people discover the show. Thank you so much.